Welcome to IB Talk, the leading podcast for the insurance industry across Australia, New Zealand, and throughout the Asia Pacific region. Brought to you by Insurance Business. Hello, and welcome back to IB Talk. I'm Danny Wood, News Editor of Insurance Business Australia. This podcast is presented in partnership with global insurer Liberty Specialty Markets. We're looking at Environmental Impairment Liability Insurance, or EIL, an insurance coverage for liabilities associated with environmental damage or pollution. EIL is often exclusively associated, mistakenly, with industries like mining and petrochemicals. However, other sectors have environmental liabilities, so this insurance cover has far broader applications. To discuss those and what brokers need to know about EIL, we have Alan Thorne, Liberty's Vice President and Head of Environmental Impairment Liability, Asia Pacific. He's in Brisbane. Hi, Alan. Hi, Danny. Thanks for having us today. Yeah, good to have you on. And also in Brisbane, James Tucker, who's Liberty's Senior Claims Specialist and Technical Lead. Hi, James. Hi, Danny. Thanks very much. Alan, let's start with you. The definition of EIL is pretty straightforward, but who might need it isn't. Can you explain what sorts of businesses have liabilities that could use EIL? Thanks, Danny. The reality has been that this product has been in Australia now for over 20 years, and the industries that we've seen have environmental exposures in particular and have sustained losses are not those traditional style industries that I've mentioned. Those industries that we see more environmental exposures sitting with now are the less non-traditional polluting industries such as manufacturing, transport, logistics, commercial real estate, accommodation and leisure in particular are those industries now where we see a greater take up with this product. Mm, So would you say that's the biggest misconception about EIL that these other industries are polluters as well and probably should be considering it? I think there's two major misconceptions when it comes to environmental and they're both very separate. So I think the first misconception is that businesses are covered for environmental exposures under traditional insurance programs. And when I say traditional insurance programs, those insurance programs are your general liability. So in the general liability, there's a very limited sudden and accidental component of pollution coverage. But I need to premise this on the basis that it's only covering a limited third-party liability. Then you've got to think about your property coverage. So the traditional property and ISR coverage would pick up some aspect of pollution under removal of debris. But the reality is that removal of debris is not pollution or environmental liability. And then finally, the other aspect is under directors and officers insurance. So there may be some limited cover for environmental enforcement under DNO policies, but it's not actually covering the physical order to remediate or clean up. And that's really what the, the true benefit of an environmental policy is. I think the other misconception too is, and we hear this, we're very active in terms of getting in front of our clients and our brokers. And this misconception is that the, their businesses have no environmental impairment liability exposure. And when I say that, it's in terms of the conversation may lend itself to the fact that they don't carry polluting style materials on their property. But what people don't realize is these businesses could be up for an environmental impairment liability just based on where they're situated. And when I say situated, it could be they inherit an environmental exposure. It could be that become liable for cleanup as a result of a natural disaster. 
or it could just be the element of bad luck that exists and that's why insurance is here. James, let's bring you in here. Can you share an example of an EIL claim to illustrate how clients are impacted and your response? Yeah, so as Alan's mentioned, there's uh, EIL insurance is unique. There's a first party and, and third party claim. So I thought I'd look at each of those separately. In, in the first case of a third party loss, an insured might be notified of a claim by way of a demand suggesting that they're liable for the exposure. It's then notified to Liberty. Liberty will investigate, determine causation and consider liability and then decide whether or not to defend the claim or to work through a resolution, if appropriate, work through an assessment and work out the cleanup costs or the, the losses. This allows the insured to get on with running their business while we conduct the claim for and on their behalf and with their instructions. The ramifications for a pollution or contamination on the insured's own site are different. And the initial consideration is insured's premises. Can personnel remain? Can the business remain? How is the pollutant going to be cleaned up? In some cases, the insured deals with these chemicals on a daily basis. They're the experts who deal with it. So they'd notified Liberty of the claim, work through the cleanup costs and then seek reimbursement afterwards. In other cases, such as a spill or leak at a production facility, the event may be well outside their expertise, in which case notification to Liberty is made where point the appropriate a local environmental adjuster and or experts deal with the situation as soon as possible, avoiding delay, mitigating any third-party damage and achieving a best possible outcome, getting them back to their business and becoming operational again as soon as possible. And of course, considering any other obligations such as reporting obligations. Danny, if you don't mind, if I just chime in on the back of that. One aspect, we're in a unique position that in terms of when we're talking about environmental coverage, we've come into situations where there hasn't been an environmental and policy in place, but there has been an incident. So if I was to talk about the impacts and educating people on what they are, the reputational damage for an uninsured environmental incident. And when I say uninsured, it's the, the reason being I highlight the fact that it's uninsured is in a number of these instances that we've seen, the client hasn't actually had the capability or the financial backing to be able to, to adequately address the incident itself. And it's caused some pretty significant reputational damage in the long term. I was to highlight one aspect of the environmental claim benefit that James provides in that situation. It's really ensuring that all the mechanisms are in place to ensure that the insured has the, the appropriate capabilities in place to deal and mitigate these environmental incidents when and if they happen. Let's stick with you, Alan, because your firm, Liberty, is heavily invested in this space. What do you see as current opportunities for you and your brokers? Yeah, I think it's a good point. Liberty is heavily invested in this space and myself personally, I'm a lifelong insurance person straight out of university and part of the educational process that we've put and we've invested heavily into here is working with particular aspects of environmental stakeholders. So we've developed relationships with the environmental protection authorities across Australia to ensure we can understand what's happening in the regulatory space but also about being proactive in educating our clients through risk engineering and claims about on how best they can invest in their own environmental mitigation strategies to ensure that they can address issues when they do come about. So if I was highlighting opportunities for ourselves and for brokers, I think Australia's 
full of opportunity. If we were thinking about what sort of market penetration environmental has at the moment, I would say it's less than 5% of businesses in Australia have some form of environmental uh, impairment liability coverage at the moment. And it's a fairly frightening sort of mm, sobering statistic, really, if you think about it. Because with the focus on ESG in particular, we're seeing the environmental mitigation aspect of business has been firmly placed into the spotlight. And I think if you were an insurance broker listening to this, not only is the environmental impairment liability a good angle for you if you're looking at a new piece of business, but it's, it would also be remiss of you not to highlight this to your existing clients if it's not a current insurance policy that they have within their risk mitigation strategy. You mentioned ESG, Alan, and there is a, a lot of climate-related legislation coming into play in Australia and also a, a big focus on ESG. Can EIL have a role to play there, James? What do you think? Yeah, I do. In, insurers as a whole are grappling with the uh, cost of insurance, environment, in particular primary and secondary perils are occurring with greater frequency and severity. Insureds and insurers who focus on the E and ESG will become more aware of the environment and the impacts that their businesses may have on the environment, they turn their mind to capital changes that they can make and articulate more detailed procedures, hopefully with an aim to therefore avoid pollution conditions from occurring in the first place, which is obviously the best outcome. In the event of a pollution condition, hopefully those claims, the pollution costs will be less. And also as an industry, we uh, can learn from those experiences, feedback cycle, meaning that we can improve into the future and, and Liberty has risk engineers who meet with insureds and review businesses, look at incidences, how can we improve all of those learnings are put together and hopefully improving the outcomes into the future. Yeah, James brings up a good point there when he talks about the risk engineering aspect of what Liberty invests in as part of our integrated business unit. We invest heavily in uh, ensuring that all product lines, but also other parts of our business engage regularly with each other just so we can ensure that our products are meeting the demand of what our clients need. And when, when we talk about what role EIL has when it comes to ESG, I think it, it covers all aspects. You think about the environmental aspect that naturally lends itself to that, but also the social and governance aspects. So I think what we're trying to do a lot of now is educate clients uh, more broadly on the social responsibility we all have for preserving the environment. And obviously, environmental impairment liability is at the reactive stage of that process in terms of ensuring that our clients can react to an environmental incident and ensure they can prevent further third-party damage all rolls into that part of governance. So as part of the integrated business unit with risk engineering, we look a lot around how our clients would respond to an environmental incident and provide some advice there around our real life experience in the space, but also some of the learnings that we've come across with working with the environmental regulators and with environmental consultants on specific projects or specific environmental claims that have happened in the past. Alan, let's stick with you for a second and get some broker tips. If you were to give a broker your top three tips in the EIL space, what would they be? It's hard to limit it to three, but I was gonna, if I was going to give three pieces of advice, I would say the first one is don't be afraid to have this conversation. I think a lot of people have lent away from this conversation and we spoke about it a little bit earlier when it comes to the cost of insurance. We understand the inflationary pressures that are on business and on all of Australia at the moment when it comes to the cost of insurance. 
environmental insurance is relatively inexpensive compared to some of the other product lines. I think the first point of call is you've really got to challenge yourself to have that conversation with your client and educate them that traditional insurance policies were not designed and are not here to respond to environmental impairment liabilities. I think the second piece of advice would be to reach out to an environmental underwriter. Yes, it is a niche and unique space here, but personally, James and I really like getting out and seeing clients directly, talking to them about their business. And particularly, I'd say a large percentage of the insureds that we currently have within our portfolio are mums and dads business. They're really invested in the outcomes they get, and they're really dependent on the insurance policies that they buy to ensure that they're fit for purpose so that when there is an environmental incident, that they have the correct coverage. I think the final point is just to share learnings around what's happening in the environmental space. We're very active in terms of promoting the product, but also sharing real life experiences in the environmental space. And the reason we highlight that also is nine times out of 10 with these claim situations that we've encountered, it's the first time the insured has had an environmental related claim. In many of these instances, these were the clients that when we were initially talking to them, they said, we don't have an environmental exposure. We're not a polluter. We don't need the coverage. But once they have seen it in action, then they can really understand it. The, the first party aspect of what the insurance policy pays for is really shown its worth. And James, what are your thoughts on broker tips, assuming Alan didn't steal all of yours? Yeah, no, we're very much on the same page. We've been working together for a long time. The final piece that largely uh, fits in with that last point of Alan's would be look out for environmental seminars. Uh, the topics are interesting and diverse, uh, but more importantly, gives you an opportunity then to meet with all of the participants in the area. And that's from an underwriting point of view and experts and lawyers. They're all there in the same room. So you can have those conversations. And as Alan says, it's a relatively new policy type and everybody in the area really wants to help others to understand it. So there's a really collegiate atmosphere. Well, James, thanks for your time on IB Talk. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it. And James Tucker is Liberty's Senior Claims Specialist and Technical Lead. And Alan, thanks for your time too. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And Alan Thorne is Liberty's Vice President and Head of Environmental Impairment Liability. Thank you both and thanks for listening to IB Talk. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to IB Talk. You can listen to the latest episodes on Apple, Spotify, Amazon and all major listening channels. Just search for IB Talk.